0: Wow. That is uh, profound. Overnight America with Ryan Recker
1: on KMOX. Sponsored by Michael's Flooring. The flooring experts.
0: Michaelsflooringoutlet.com. And welcome back to Overnight America. I'm your host, Ryan Recker. And I don't know how many people know that March is Mental Health Awareness Month joining us now to talk about a couple of different things that may benefit your mental health. Rabbi Manus Friedman, thank you for coming on to KMOX.
1: My pleasure.
0: Called YouTube's most popular rabbi. That's quite a topic. What's that medium like for you as a rabbi to be able to put videos up and interact with people in a different way?
1: It's very strange. (laughs) I
0: don't don't
1: know what to make of it. I just sit here in my room and talk and and the rest is mystery to me.
0: <laughs> yeah. You probably find it's beneficial to get a message out there, but also I'm guessing that means a lot of people message you questions that you are, you're not used to getting.
1: Uh, it's It's fascinating. Fascinating. It's, you know, cross-cultural people all over the world from every kind of background and every kind of belief system. It's It's amazing how you can communicate, you know, common human interests that cross all the borders
0: right i said right gonna just uh, yeah i was gonna say I, I have so many questions and i'm gonna come to them in a way that's somewhat ignorant because i don't know a lot about the jewish faith so i'm gonna use this opportunity to try to learn some more if that's okay okay well as a rabbi uh, cuz I think of myself as a christian and a lot of times you would if you're a pastor for example your whole mission is to go out and you're supposed to spread the word and you want to convert people you want to convert people to you know believe in you know jesus and whatnot but when you're on youtube and you do these videos is that the same goal as a rabbi or are you more or less do you have a different goal in what you're trying to put out there
1: no my goal is to find ideas in Judaism that are so universal that nobody needs to change anything. You don't need to change your location. You don't need to change your your lifestyle. You don't need to change your religion. Mm-hmm. If it's true, it's got to be true now for everybody.
0: So no you're trying to find, yeah, the the universal truths in that sense. You you want to be able to uh, talk over many different. Um, many different faiths and find those things that are universal.
1: Right. Because I think that's the definition of truth. If it's not universal and and relevant to everybody,
0: then it isn't the truth.
2: Hmm.
0: It may be a truth, but it's not the truth. Hmm. That's interesting. So what are the top type of questions people would ask you? today, <laughs> the main question is,
1: what's happening?
0: <laughs> <laughs> trying to make sense of this crazy world. Oh, it's so confusing. Yeah. People are, are just lost. Yeah.
1: They're not even sure what the problem is.
0: <laughs> hmm. That's part of it, isn't it? Now, trying to figure yes. that part of it out. It's, it's lost on both sides.
1: Yeah. Confusion. We've never been so confused because everything we once trusted and relied on is failing. Hmm. I mean, politics, forget about it. Um, science, medicine, hospitals, police, everything has become doubtful, everything has become suspicious. What? What's, what is there to lean on?
2: Hmm.
1: And religion? <laughs> it's a total failure too.
0: Hmm. So, so what's left? What What do you do when someone asks you a question that you don't know the answer to? I don't answer.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I, I say I'm with you. I hear you. Yeah. You got a problem.
0: What What do you mean when you say religion is a failure too?
1: I think people are very disillusioned with their religions. Hmm. Religion is supposed to um, elevate you to a more noble, a more dignified way of life that is uh, secure, it's solid, it's reliable. But what religion has become is something very different. First of all, the competition between religions. That, That already, you know, any intelligent kid who sees that religions don't agree with each other says, "Okay, then, then I'm not interested in the whole subject. If you guys can't get your act together, then leave me out of this."
0: Hmm. How um, does Judaism fall into that? Because are they above that, or are they included in, into that thought?
1: Well, here, here's a problem. Um, Judaism existed before there was Christianity or Islam. And the word religion didn't appear. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: In the Bible, there is no word for religion. Right. So religion came out of Judaism, but Judaism was never meant to be a religion. Mm -hmm. And one of the definitions that helps explain this, religion is a way that human beings can attain eternity heaven, some divine blessings get you to heaven, protect you in heaven, reward you in heaven. Judaism hardly ever spoke about these things. Yes, there's a reward in heaven when your mission on earth is done, but that's more like a retirement home. (laughs) You go to heaven when, when... Your work is no longer necessary, and we would much rather work than be retired. So Mm -hmm. the difference is this. Religion has become, for all practical purposes, religion has become a ticket to heaven, a way for a human being to get to heaven. Mm -hmm. Judaism, the, the Bible, I can't even call it Judaism, is not about getting to heaven. The Bible is about bringing God down to earth.
0: I um, wonder, because as a rabbi, I think that people always think that you have all the answers. As in, they come to you and they say, of course, Rabbi Manis is going to know the answer to this. And they, they they come to you with some real complex thoughts. And I've watched some of your YouTube videos where you tried to explain some very complex thoughts. And I, I wonder, too, your own journey uh, to where you are today. Has your thinking changed over the years, or has it always been constant? Has it always, your understanding of everything been the same?
1: Cool, good question. Very good question. I, I, um, there's no learning. There's no gaining of knowledge like that which comes from trying to teach when you try to teach what you believe, what you think, what you think you know, and the questions that students ask, make you really think deep, and get to the core of every issue of every subject. So from the learning, particularly with women, I've had this crash course on Judaism. For women, for the last 50 years, the, 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 the clarity that comes from trying to explain for making yourself understood. You know, you, you, you learn a subject, you study something, and you think you understand it. And you can repeat it, and it's all very articulate and very nice, until someone asks you a question. And you realize you don't really understand. you got to go deeper. Mm. And the amazing thing is, the deeper you go, the more universal it becomes and the more relevant it becomes. Now, some people say it's too deep, nobody's interested. no, nobody's interested if it's shallow. Mm. That has been my experience. The deeper you go, the more relevant it becomes
0: i um I think about how, in today's church and different problems in Christianity is that you see there's a lot of worldly views that will impact the way pastors preach and think as opposed to them going back to something that's biblical they'll take into consideration some of the different societal issues that we're having and then that'll play a factor in how they preach or how they come to uh, an understanding of a complex topic does that ever happen to you do you ever factor in different societal ways of thinking and does that ever change the way you think boy you really ask good questions I try so hard
1: to not read any psychology books, to not allow any of the pop psychology into my thinking, and you know stick to what we know has always been true, not the most recent invented theories mm-hmm. and that's that's an important thing because mm-hmm. I notice you, you know you turn on a preacher or even a rabbi. <clears throat> and uh, you expect to hear something biblical and holy, and it's it, it's pop psychology. Mm-hmm. You got to love yourself. You got to validate yourself. You got, come on, <laughs> that's not what it says in the Bible. <laughs> the Bible says, can you stop loving yourself for a minute and love somebody else?
0: <laughs> right. This is the message. True. Yeah. <laughs> You know, I, I um, normally how we, we do these hours. We have a couple of different breaks built in. So, do you mind holding on after the break? I'd love to ask you some more questions. Sure, yeah. sure. And uh, Rabbi Manus Friedman, if people wanted to look you up online, maybe your website or your YouTube page. What's a good spot for them to look for you?
1: You can go to it's good to know. It's good to know.
0: dot org. Perfect. And we'll continue with Rabbi Manis Friedman right after the break on Overnight America KMOX. KMOX. Welcome back to Overnight America. You can find him online on YouTube or his website. It's goodtoknow.org and some of his works and thoughts there. Rabbi Manus Friedman, again, thank you for spending time with us tonight on Overnight America. It's It's a pleasure. Yeah. One of the takeaways about YouTube and all the different messages that you have, uh, and I think what I try to realize about my own life or many other people do, is that they, they think there has to be this giant, grand summary of life and you're going to have this one moment where you figure it all out and you're going to be able to tell the world exactly what the meaning of anything is. But I, I like that you're able to digest smaller messages Complex messages and things that are universal to an individual, and realize that there might not be some giant, grand thing that we're you know we're all uh, striving to become enlightened and but it's all about bettering ourselves in little ways. It's always working on ourselves to be better people. I think that's something that we we try to remind ourselves of when everything's got to be so grand in life. But really, what we should be doing is looking at ourselves and trying to understand the small things to make is better
1: that is, oh, that is so true mm-hmm. but every time you discover something true it feels like you've discovered everything
2: mm. <laughs> so now,
1: now i know everything i need to know and then a while <laughs> later you realize no there's more and you'll discover another beautiful idea and you'll feel like that's the <laughs> you just keep moving <laughs> up the ladder like that so it's really an exciting journey
0: Yeah, that's an interesting way. When you have children, you start to realize that because you can see it in them and realize that's just the the part of life they are in. And you recognize that you're in a different part of life and someone else is in a different part of life and they look at you the same way you probably look at your child.
1: (laughs) Well, I I happen to be very lucky. In the uh, school that I went to, we had some incredible teachers. And each time I thought, wow, this is the greatest teacher in the world. (laughs) From him, I'll I'll learn everything I need to know. He's just brilliant beyond, and then the next teacher was even better.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So So it was really... Yeah, I'm curious some of the different takeaways that uh, during COVID, we've all had different ways of coping with it. Some people had a very difficult time with it, and it was challenging for them and their family. It might have been financially challenging. It might have been mentally challenging. Their kids uh, trying to do virtual school, challenging for the kids. Now that we've gone through that and things are starting to get a little bit better, but not, not the way that we want it to be, I'm curious what are some of the takeaways, the lessons that we can learn about this past uh, year and everything we've been through.
1: This has been an incredible year. An incredible year. It's been painful. It's been very confusing. It's pulled the rug out from under us, and we don't know where our security lies anymore. Mm-hmm. But it has made us better people. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, this doesn't, this doesn't show up in the headlines or in the news, but we have become better people. Mm-hmm. So morality, goodness, decency has increased. We have become much better people. And that's hmm. that's an amazing thing, because we have such good excuses for misbehaving. <laughs> <laughs> you know, my life just fell apart, I lost my job. It's always been an excuse for misbehaving, hmm. but it, it, it's been used, it's been, it's been translated into into really better people.
2: Hmm.
1: People are more sensitive to each other, more thoughtful. I think Staying home for a while has done us a lot of good. Yes, it's it's been frustrating, but it's more the confusion that is frustrating.
2: Mm.
1: We don't know what tomorrow will bring, and that's that's unsettling.
0: Mm. But, Why, um... But, uh, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry to interrupt, because I'm, I'm curious if it's like this in the synagogues, but at least for, like, the different uh, churches, and even when they started to make it possible for you to go and to different services in person again. And I know every place is different when it comes to the different governmental restrictions, when it comes to gathering in in person, but it seems like uh, that, that may be a takeaway, but it doesn't seem like it equates to people necessarily gathering into a place of worship together. It seems like there might even be less people going to church now than there were before. So I'm wondering if if you see this where people start to, you know, they become better, and they start to become a better understanding of who they are, why doesn't that translate to them actually going and worshiping?
1: I think part of the beauty of what has happened is that we, we were forced to realize that public worship, group worship, congregational worship, is just the tip of the iceberg. The real worship happens at home in private. Mm-hmm. That's where we live. And that's where we need to be good. In public, sure, we're good in public. We put our best face on. But in private, mm-hmm. that's where we improved. So, you know, when people are saying, when, when do we go back to normal? I hope we never go back to normal. <laughs> I hope we never go back to the schools we used to have. They were not good. Schools were failing our our children everywhere and, and shopping and entertainment and sports events and work. The workplace is so toxic. We don't want to go back to that. Mm. The workplace creates nothing but anxiety and everybody's on anti-anxiety pills and there's greed, and there's competition. It's ugly. Mm. Why do we want to go back to that? In fact, now that mm. we look back at it, how did we tolerate that for so long? And we called that normal? Mm. No, that's not normal. Normal has to be humane, and that was not humane. So we realized that all the things we called normal, the things we consider to be the 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 building blocks of life, we've done without them for a year. And we don't miss them that much. Yeah, I'd like to go out and eat in a restaurant. But is that what life is? Life is at home. And here's here's one of the universal concepts that really. The biggest problem, the deepest problem today in terms of health, is loneliness. Mm -hmm. It's amazing how we travel a lot. We're all over the place. We hop on a jet plane, go off to all sorts, and make friends all over the world. We have the internet, we can talk to everybody, and we are probably the loneliest generation ever.
2: Mm
1: -hmm. Not lonely, I'm sorry, that's not the right word. Lonely is not so serious. Mm -hmm. Alone is worse than lonely. play that famous song, uh, The Piano Man. (laughs) Yeah. They're sharing a drink they call loneliness, but it's better than drinking alone.
0: Oh, you're a rabbi. You're not supposed to know that song. (laughs) (laughs) I'll I'll (laughs) repent. No, you're right. And uh, it's so interested because even in my lifetime i'm 37 and i grew up at a time before the internet and the internet was finally introduced into the homes but it was more limited it wasn't something that we you know that that's everything that we wanted to do was to go on the computer it was just oh this is kind of neat and i you know i went through school college things like that and then eventually the internet became just so just uh, built into our own identities and that is a huge concern because if we're trying to build our identities into a social media platform or something like that it does get it, it does put priorities in the wrong place and you're so right about the family because the probably the most difficult part of the past uh, year are family members that have been separated. Those that may be in nursing homes or situations where they can't travel or they can't uh, be with them in person because of the concerns of COVID. And that has been devastating for so many different people to be separated from a loved one And that they start to realize is something that's so precious. And they, they're going back and looking at this and saying, "I, I don't ever want to be separated from a loved one again. Yeah.
1: And I, I just gave out a book called Joy of Intimacy because in doing marriage counseling I discovered that it recently happily married couples who have no complaints about their marriage, you call it a successful marriage, and yet when you speak to them individually, they will admit that they feel alone in the world.
2: Hmm.
1: Now that is not supposed to happen. Hmm. If you're happily married, you're not alone in the world.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Not even when you're separated by an ocean. To be happily married and feel alone in the world, that, that's, that's a problem that never existed before.
2: Mm. And I
1: think the reason is that we're too materialistic even about our marriages. Like a guy says, I love everything about my wife. I said, oh, so why does your wife want a divorce? (laughs) Mm. (laughs) (laughs) Something isn't adding up here. It's because he loves everything about his wife. He just doesn't need her. So if he could have all the things that she brings without being married to her, he would be even happier.
0: Mm.
1: Is she the center of your life? Or do you have a lot of fun together?
0: Mm, Interesting.
1: You know, with with, with God, yeah, exactly. I just want to get to heaven. I want to get to heaven. I need some blessings. I need some help from above. Do I really have to worship you every day to get that? Why don't you just give me the goods, (laughs) God? Let me into heaven. Why do I have to worship you? Mm. In other words, I don't know why I need you except that you hold the key to heaven, and I want heaven.
2: Mm.
1: And the same thing with marriages. You give me what I need. If you didn't give me what I need, what are you doing in my life?
2: Mm.
1: So it's not you, it's what I'm getting from you. And so the wife feels completely alone in the world.
0: Hmm. That's uh, very profound in a lot of ways because you find that with different couples that go into a marriage thinking that as soon as we're married, all of our problems will disappear. And you're realizing that you're building something with a lot of things that will get into the way that don't disappear as soon as you become married. And uh, I, I feel like a lot of pastors have to deal with that because you know they talk to young couples or people getting into marriage for the wrong reasons, and um, same thing in faith in a way. And it's so interesting that you can look at those two like that. Do you, you know, um, for the sake of time, do you mind holding on after the break? I'd love to keep talking to you. So would I. It's good to know. Dot. Org. You can go to the website. You can find some of his work on there. And Rabbi Manas Friedman will continue with him right after the break on Overnight America KMOX. Rabbi Manas Friedman, uh, thank you so much for spending time with us tonight. I'm, I'm thoroughly enjoying this. And I'm um, going through your YouTube page if people wanted to search for you on YouTube. Uh, Rabbi Manas Friedman there. You have some great headlines because I, I start to look at some of the different topics that you cover. Uh, why can't we see God? Um, another one, um, different teachings, the meaning of life for men. I'm wondering with these topics, do you come up with these because you have people you know in life that have asked you these questions? Or do you learn this in rabbi school? <laughs> <laughs> Both. we
1: learn it in okay. school and then somebody asks and we got the right answer for the right question.
0: Right come together so, beautifully. What happens to, to the, these different messages um, w- when you learn these sort of things? Is there always a discussion on them? Or do, do people challenge these certain thoughts when you're going through school? How does it work?
1: Well, usually the most important subjects, the most important topics, are counter uh, the popular going, uh, you know, the, the belief, or the rhetoric, like for example, what is love? Where does love fit into our lives? Today, it's popular to think of love as the solution to all problems. Everything is about love. Love is the essence of life. Love is everything. Love is God, hmm. and it's so, it's so wrong, and it's so disappointing. Hmm. Even, uh, even marriage. If you marry for love, you're going to be alone in the world because all you want is the love. You don't really want to put up with the person you love
2: hmm.
1: so, because I want to marry you out of love, and all I want to hear from you is love, and if you start giving the opinion or your moods or your feelings, I, I didn't marry you for that. <laughs> just the love, just the love, <laughs> So if the love is gone, the marriage is gone.
0: Hmm. Is it possible that people have different definitions of love? Because I think they would hear oh, yeah. what you're saying there, and they would say, well, that doesn't sound like the same type of love we have. Right. Yeah.
1: Yes, that's true. Love needs to be clearly defined. It can't be everything. You know, if your child is miserable, it's because you don't love him. But I do love him. Well, I love him more. <laughs> no, you can't make you can't make love into God.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: It's because interesting. Even, even like, if God is love, then I will worship Him. If not, I'm not interested. Then you're not mm-hmm. interested in God. You just want love.
0: Hmm. And then we say we love everything. You're like, oh, I love my cell phone. I love my car. I love. So it's kind of, in a way, watered yeah. down. You're right. It's the definition is lost. It's just a feeling. It's not. Uh, it's not real. Yeah. So a kid
1: says, I love Mickey Mouse, I love pizza, and I love my mom, and and in that order.
0: (laughs) So what are some of those uh, things that you see in today's society that, that are widely believed that are actually a big lie? And it's interesting you bring up love like that, but there's so many different things that are so worldly today that are just universally accepted. And there's got to be things that you look at after you hear it and say, oh, no, 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 that is wrong.
1: Oh, yeah. Here's the biggest one. And I think if we can change this, we will truly transform our lives and the world. This is the big one. The misconception is human beings are needy, human beings are dependent, human beings are frail, Human beings are always in trouble, and we have to beg and plead and fight and scream and cry. Maybe somebody will help us. Maybe God will help us. But then again, God, sitting in heaven, he needs nothing. So here's the picture of life we've always had, I think, since the beginning of history. God needs nothing. We need Endlessly. Mm-hmm. It's a depressing picture. And it is so not true. Mm-hmm. It's so not true. Human beings don't need anything. Because <laughs> we, we don't need to be born. I don't need to be here.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And I'm not depressed. I'm not suicidal. Don't, don't, don't worry. I'm not worry i am but I really don't need to be here. I didn't ask to be born because I don't need to. You know, people who were never born don't complain. Hmm. <laughs> you never hear a complaint from them <laughs> because we don't need. Hmm. Only the creator has a need. Doesn't that make more sense?
2: Mm-hmm. He
1: created the whole universe and he needs Nothing. And I don't even need to be here, but i need needy. Hmm. <laughs> it doesn't make sense. <laughs> it's wrong. It's wrong, and it's depressing. And it gives religion a terrible name. Hmm. Religion is all about how miserable you are, how sinful you are, how how damned you are, and maybe, maybe if you try your hardest, maybe somebody will save you. hmm uh-huh. And now I'm supposed to enjoy my life? (laughs) And then I'm supposed to love God who doesn't need me?
2: Hmm.
1: Something's very wrong here. And and this is shocking because this goes against everything we've ever been taught. Hmm. And our uh, needs have grown.
0: I I was going to say, this is shocking. Um, one of the reasons why I think this is shocking is because if if you're a Christian and you go into a modern church today, this is not what they preach you. What they preach you is, hey, you know, God's going to do everything for you and they want to make you feel happy and they want to make you feel good and they play loud music and everyone's clapping and some of them bring out fog machines. (laughs) You know, this is the type of church that contemporary Christianity has started to build. And, you know, God is this, you know, God is just going to go out there and make everyone rich. And, you know, prosperity preaching and all these other things that go on in these different churches is the exact opposite of what you're saying right now. And I think so many people get confused when they hear a message like this one. The message of God being reading. I think the message that when they find that, uh, who is God? Um, they get this different impression because what the the preacher may be preaching to them on Sundays is a a different type of God because they're not preaching a biblical God they're almost preaching something that's more self serving because they want to get people in it's a mm. feel good type of deal and it's the right. this is the thing that I think a lot of people may be listening right now and they may be hearing certain ideas and things that are so different than what they're used to hearing if they're sitting inside of a church, uh, a modern church today.
1: Right. Right. So it's not a a great improvement. Mm. (laughs) It's a little less depressing, but it doesn't give you the the orientation to life. So what are we doing here? Mm
2: -hmm.
1: So we're born. We don't ask to be born. We have our difficulties in life. But God will make it up for us, make it up to us. So, what's the point? Hmm. Why create a messed up condition just just because you can fix it? Hmm. Um,
0: These are deep questions, very deep questions.
1: Yeah. Um,
0: And and they're so fundamental mm
2: -hmm.
1: that people, even children, are asking it these days.
2: Hmm.
1: You hear children saying, I didn't ask to be born. Yeah, you're right. (laughs) Neither can I. (laughs) So if we could just change this one thing, human beings don't have any needs. The only reason we've been convinced of our neediness is because of the ultimate threat. You're going to die. Or you're going to suffer. Or you're going to be punished. Well, All of a sudden, people are not so afraid of dying because what do I need this for? Hmm. So that threat is no longer working because it was never supposed to be my reason for living. See, there's something irrational and illogical about, you gotta live because you don't wanna die.
2: Hmm.
1: It's circular reasoning. Tell me what my life is about. Don't threaten to kill me. Mm. (laughs) Don't say you better live well, otherwise you're going to die. So what are we doing here? If I'm not needy, if I didn't ask to be born, if I didn't ask to be created, it's not my need to be here, then whose need is it? Hmm. So here's here's the punchline. Psychology has missed the mark because psychology focuses on my needs. That just just makes my problem worse. Hmm. I thought I knew all my needs, but I go for therapy and I discover needs I never knew. (laughs) And then I go to religion and I find that I'm going to have needs after I die also.
2: Hmm.
1: So there's no escape. But the truth is, I don't need to eat. Is it correct to say I need to eat? First of all, I need to stop eating, but that's, that's besides the point. <laughs> I, I don't need to eat because I didn't create myself. If I created myself, I would not be dependent on food. It's a terrible handicap. Why would, why would I do that to myself? Hmm. I need to sleep. I don't need to sleep. I need to be productive. But I try going without sleep. (laughs) It doesn't work. (laughs) So it's not my need to sleep. I was designed that way by somebody else. Mm -hmm. So everything about me is not coming from me. Right. Because I don't need any of this. Wow. On the other hand, I am essential. I am absolutely necessary to the creator who does have a need, and I'm part of that need. So here's the picture now. I don't need anything. What a relief.
2: Mm. What a
1: relief. It is so liberating. But then what am I going to do? Ah, you don't have a need but you are needed. If we could sum up the entire Bible, the entire story of God and creation, the entire story is this. You have the choice to either see yourself as needy or as needed. That's it. That's the whole story of life. Hmm.
0: And we would much rather be needed than loved. Wow. Wow. That is uh profound. Do you um do you mind holding on for one more break? Not at all. So profound. Uh, it's Rabbi Manis Friedman. You can find him on it'sgoodtoknow.org. We'll be right back on KMOX. Rabbi Manis Friedman, in, you can find him online, it's org, And I have to apologize because I'm terrible with clock management. We don't have a lot of time here. And I have so many other questions I want to ask you. So just like uh, people that have reached out to you for your YouTube channel or your website, is it probably easy to go on there and contact you at dot org? Absolutely. Nice and easy. I'm going to ask you a question, and I don't know if you can answer it in a minute, because, again, I apologize for being terrible at clock management, but when you pray, uh, what do your prayers sound like?
1: Prayers are like uh, three parts. One is gratitude. The other is praise. And the third is a petition. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: Asking for enlightenment asking for wisdom asking for goodness of heart and, and it's in that order the first thing is mm-hmm. gratitude and then there's praise of you know who you're praying to and then there's your needs
0: mm-hmm.
1: but your needs are to serve him right
0: help That's, me for uh, you yeah people yeah probably skip to the last part too many people and there's a lot we could be grateful for in our lives and i gotta say this past hour has been wonderful i've very much enjoyed uh spending time with you here and the website it's good to know dot org it's good to know dot org and rabbi manis friedman thank you so much for coming on to camo x tonight i I, I truly truly appreciate the time
1: i'm very impressed by what you're doing
0: oh you should well, be
1: very successful and reach more and more people because they need to hear
0: this stuff. I uh, thank you for that. You know, that's, that's the hope. And I'm glad that we get to do things like this on the air. I know there's a lot of secular stations that try to hide away from faith talk, but, man, I, this is the, the most fascinating talk that I've had in a long time. Rabbi Manis Friedman. Go check him out. This is Overnight America, KMOX.
1: We have a Sunday night program for VIPs that you might be interested in. It's informal. It's questions and answers. It's conversation. It's really relaxed. It's really pleasant, enjoyable, informative, and uh, kind of community-like. It's a Sunday night program. There's a... um, Wednesday morning program for the VIPs and there's a Wednesday night program. All of it just conversation, casual, laid back, unscripted. So join us, take a look, click uh, the link below and see which, which of the three suits you best and join us for some enjoyable conversation.